Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Forsyth and we are speaking from the House of Commons. And James, it's interesting because I think there was a sense on Monday that things could be calming down slightly for Boris Johnson. Then, as tends to happen with Partygate, as we know it, things all picked up again. So a few things have happened. We've had, I think probably if we're going to go in order, we've had a latest Dom bomb. Talk us through what Dominic Cummings has now alleged as of Monday night. So Dominic Cummings has updated his blog to say that Boris Johnson was undoubtedly kind of warned that this gathering was a May twentieth was a party and it shouldn't go ahead, and that you know that those concerns were dismissed. And I think that the, the problem for number ten there is not just the claim; it's the fact that you know they were trying to say to MPs, "Look, the Sunday papers didn't have any massive new revelations. You know, wait for Sue Gray." They were they you know Operation Red Meat was yes, it was being much mocked, but there was some talk about you know what they were doing on on freezing the BBC license fee and Nadine Doris saying it would be the last one, the approach to small boats in the Channel. So kind of push the issue back. And today has been an odd day in Westminster because, you know, I think the most Tory MPs are still waiting for Sue Gray's report and that is both good news and bad news for number 10. The good news is that uh, the, the, the remit of the Gray report is relatively tight and therefore they will be able to, to say, look, this report doesn't say that the Prime Minister doesn't say that the Prime Minister should resign, it doesn't say that the Prime Minister knowingly broke the rules, but and everyone knows that this is what number 10's approach is going to be. So I think quite a few Tory MPs who think Boris Johnson should go are holding off on, on going public with that view until the Grey Report is published to try and kind of, you know, to try and kind of counteract that, you know, with this massive battle for interpretation. But then the other odd thing today is there was a kind of... Uh, there is at this point in leadership crisis a kind of cat-and-mouse game where those lords of a leader try and smoke out potential rebels. I think there was an attempt to smoke out some 2019ers who were discussing their views on whether the Prime Minister should go or not. One of them, Christian Wakeford, has come forward and said, look, I, I don't think it's sustainable. They've sent in a letter. But uh, we haven't seen many more of that. Then there's also Boris Johnson's pool clip that turned into a kind of 16 minute interview. And I think there you see Boris Johnson trying again to be very contrite, to emphasise his apology. But I think there is this problem for him, which is in and he's also trying to kind of push back on the Dominic Cummings allegation that he had been warned. But I think there is this problem for him, which is fundamentally, these are rules that his government his government brought in. Maybe maybe he the Prime Minister brought in. Yeah. And it it seems slightly it's not the strongest defence, I mean, to put it mildly, to and say. Do you that, think it would work in a magistrate's court? To say that he, uh, like, I think, to say that you didn't understand the rules, would that work? To say that he needed to be told beforehand that at this uh, in this strictest of the lockdowns, the first one, that you needed to be told that that this number of people gathered in a garden, having a, ha, having brought their own booze, what was what was against the rules, and so I think I think that is the problem for him. I think I think it's a very interesting question as to what does. Keir Starmer do it, Brian's questions. Katie, if, if you were the Labour leader, what, what would your aims be tomorrow at PMQs? Well, I think what's what we've seen from last week's Prime Minister's questions was it was almost about extracting a confession from Boris Johnson because that was a point where you'd had silence from the Monday when the IT, when ITV had published the email, which is very much the smoking gun of all this, and therefore it was about extracting information from Boris Johnson and going from that. 
I think now there's two ways you can look at it. One is, did he mislead the House when it comes to Dominic Cummings' claims about being told about this party? But given the Prime Minister has already said in a pool clip this isn't the case, ministers have said they believe the Prime Minister we kind of know almost what the Prime Minister will probably say if that's put to him. And I think that as divisions in the Tory party start to show, there could be something Keir Starmer could do to almost um, inflame those tensions, to exacerbate it, try and make it uncomfortable for those Word of All MPs who, who are wavering. I think, as you say, looking at the problems that Boris Johnson is currently facing, of all the issues that we've just gone through, I mean, I think two come to me as, as the worst, but the pool clip, I think, is just... A big problem because Boris Johnson has just ended his self-imposed self-isolation. He didn't actually have to self-isolate. It was an overly it's almost... reduction of contact. Don't yes, think, yeah. yes, exactly. It says if if you are um, fully vaccinated, you simply have to, you know, do daily tests and think about people you're mixing with. And um, given Boris Johnson himself didn't want to isolate previously do you remember in the, in the summer the yeah. yes yeah. when when um Sergeant he was in Javid, close contact yeah. and tried to change the rules for himself and the chancellor it's quite an interesting change of events so he's now finally in public again and i do think that pool clip which ultimately just gave lots of news publications i think bbc news is that one of them a new top line of Boris Johnson saying he didn't understand his own rules or, you know, he had to be told what his rules are, has just given the story a new lease of life. You can put it back up. And I think there is a question, which is, is it tenable to have a leader who ultimately, when they do appear in public, um, has just brought down by lots more questions about parties and you can't really get to the you know the other issues and i'm sure some people listening to this podcast will say well well, maybe the journalists should stop just asking about parties but it does just expose that currently the problem he finds himself in it and clearly you know it may drop off the news agenda at some point but i think public appearance like this are just gonna almost add to that sense amongst mps that it's really tricky having him as the face of the government right now and then i think just on on the red wall mp issue it's an interesting tactic by the whips office. You can see what they're trying to do is to smoke them out. But And also you've got ministers now coming out anonymously briefing against the Red Wall MP saying they're ungrateful to Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson got them their seats. And there probably is some truth in that. You know, Lots of these MPs did think that it was Boris Johnson, not the Tory brand. But if you're trying to stop MPs sending letters and you are not quite sure where the letter number is, I think that the approach of almost you know naming and shaming and insulting that group is quite short-sighted. James, what would you do in terms of what Keir Starmer should do? I think there is an interesting question, which is Keir Starmer's problem. It, well, if you think that Keir Starmer wants Boris Johnson to go, which is uh, another debate, I think. But uh, Keir Starmer's problem is that the, the grey remit is, is, is tightly drawn. There, and it is not her job to opine on whether any minister broke the ministerial code. It would be an interesting question, I think, if Keir Starmer were to just say, look, would you refer yourself to Lord Guite, the independent advisor on the ministerial interests, once this report is published? The problem for Boris Johnson there is Tory MPs, just as you, ref- as you just said, Katie, they just want this story to go away, right? They just want it to, to finish, to end, right? And the, I think the prospect of this going on yet longer would increase the kind of worry and dissension in the Tory ranks. Now, I've had a couple of Red Wall MPs say to me that they wouldn't be that surprised if actually you did hit 54 letters this week. I think guessing the number of letters Graham Braden has is a very 
problematic, often fruitless task. But there do, did seem to be a sense, I think, last week that it was 20 to 30. So, James, do you think that, that perhaps there is a possibility things are moving a bit quicker than, I think, number 10 anticipated? Just to pull back the curtain a little, when we were trying to work out how many letters there were in against Theresa May, it was a much simpler journalistic exercise because the vast majority of the letters came from one faction of the party. And that faction of the party was relatively organised. If you knew how many they thought they had and you then added the odd individual who had a particular beef with Theresa May to it and you did a ring round, you could get a sense. This time it is much harder because it isn't being as coordinated, it isn't cohesive. I think uh, my best guess would be 20 to 30 at the moment with you know probably a number that would that that will that will swell about a fair bit kind of guaranteed to go in after gray but i don't think i don't think i don't think you're guaranteed to hit 54 yet by i don't think you're guaranteed to hit 54 yet i think there is a lot i mean tonight is very febrile right now we are recording this podcast at six o'clock and you know um we've both turned our phones off for it i suspect our phones will be buzzing away when we turn them back on again so Bear in mind that caveat. I would also add one other thing, which I think is an important thing to remember, which is if it does go to a vote of confidence, I think things are very difficult for Boris Johnson because I think in that circumstance, right, I, I, I think it would be hard for him to win it. And even if he were to win it, he, there would probably be a, such a large number of Tory MPs who would vote against him, but it would make his position very difficult. One of the things that aided Theresa May was that lots of people who didn't have confidence in her as leader voted that they did because they had kind of less confidence in Steve Baker and Jacob Rees-Mogg and they didn't like who they thought the successor would be, which they thought was likely to be Boris Johnson. This time round, because it is far less certain what would happen next, I, don't, I, don't, I think this, this, this vote will be much more of a referendum than a choice. Thank you, James, and thank you for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with the latest twists and turns.